The MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sign up at underdogfantasy.com with promo code SGPN and receive a free $25 entry to use in Best Ball Mania 2 for a chance to win $1 million. And make sure to tune in to Draft Day, which is today, the 13th of July, where Ryan Kramer is attempting to draft for 24 hours straight. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to the MLB Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It is our half-time show. Uh, it's our little all-star break uh, tonight. So, uh, with all-stars being the theme of the week, we've drafted in a couple. Uh, as usual, uh, hitting lead off tonight will be from Houston, Texas. Moon off Manji, good evening. How are you? Doing well, sir. Uh, coming off a pretty good home run derby last night. You know, I think if SGPN had a stock, I think our stock would be on the rise right now because there's just so much going on. Like you mentioned, Ryan, I have him on the big screen right now with his 24 hours of <laughs> underdog fantasy drafting. And I know Nick is here and I'll let Nick get into it. But man, it's uh, it's on and popping at SGPN right now. If you're not with us, you're, you're missing out big time. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, and a, a little all-star addition tonight, as Moon, I've just alluded to from if... Memory serves me rightly. Is it Raleigh, North Carolina? Ding, uh, ding, Nick ding. Dunt. Good evening, Nick. How are you? You got it, buddy. I'm doing good. How are you guys? I've just had my uh, second thing I learned about North Carolina tonight, and it was Shark Week on the telly. And the lady who had her legs bitten off was in North Carolina. So there you go. <laughs> yeah, hey, so. you know, shark attacks happen uh, <laughs> far too frequently. <laughs> Every day is a day at school. So yeah, I'm learning. I'll get. I'll have something every time you come on, Nick. So sounds good. Um, Perfect. <laughs> that's my thing. Uh, yeah. So you've been watching. Uh, you said Ryan's into his second draft in the 24 hour um, madness that he's doing. Oh yeah, for sure. You know, I'm a I'm a fantasy football contributor. You know, so uh, I am heavily invested in uh, in the SGP fantasy guys, and I'm definitely paying attention. I'm going to join up uh, later th- later this evening and uh, join in one myself. I haven't done any fantasy football stuff yet. I'm normally a little bit further ahead than this. Uh, so, yeah, I need to. Uh, I should have taken this little mini break that we've had from the baseball uh, to try and get involved. So, I feel like I'm maybe a couple of weeks behind, uh, but I'll, I'll get my head down soon. Um, yeah, also, Break Moon off, and you already mentioned that uh, we did a little home run derby show. Derby, that's the first time in my life I've said derby. You boys are rubbing off on me. Uh, I've said derby one million times. And for the first time ever, I've just said derby. Wow. Um, we did a home run derby. I'm going to stick derby. with show last night, Moonaf. Uh, and my picks were obviously awful, but um, you gave us a winner, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah, we picked... Uh, well, I had Pete Alonso last night. Um, I put it on, on the uh, article I did for the website. I had him... Um, and then also have we also had Joey Gallo, but I'm glad that we were able to at least get out one winner. I mean, that guy, that guy is an animal. I mean, Jesus Christ, he was just up there. It seemed like he he won without breaking a sweat. I mean, and you got to give a lot of credit to his uh, his his uh, pitcher that he had there. I mean, he was just throwing them right like center cut right down the middle, and uh, I was glad to catch that. And hopefully, our, our listeners were able to catch uh, catch with us also. But uh, your guy Otani, man, what happened? I don't really know. I mean, one of the things we did mention was that um, Alonso had won so easily last time. Yeah. Like you say, he'd won with a lot in hand. He hadn't needed any extra time. He hadn't been particularly pushed. Uh, so that was kind of a big nudge in the right direction. Um, yeah, Joey Gallo just didn't get in a rhythm early on. He yeah. kept uh, he kept popping it up and ended up, I think he ended up one shy of taking it to a hit off, uh, which maybe if he got a bit of momentum then, but uh, that was a thing. I think we landed the overs as well on the uh, winning distance moon off, didn't we? Yeah. Um, it, it quite, really... quite comfortably as well, I think. Yeah, it was varying from book to book. Uh, I, I, I gave it out at 5.06 and a half. There were still some 5.10s out there. I believe it landed right on 5, 
19 and a lot of the books were dealing five 19 and a half. So a lot of guys were wondering how do the books do it? If I had the answer to that, I wouldn't be sitting here with you guys or I'll be in Vegas uh, making money. But Nick, I'm not sure if you caught the home run derby last night. I watched a little bit, you know, just coming back from vacation. I feel like I'm totally out of the loop. I'm not sure what's going on in the sports world, but I did see my favorite tweet of the night. I'm not sure who sent it. So apologies, but he said, I'm surprised none of the hitters wanted Matt Harvey to be the pitcher. (laughs) (laughs) It was fun. You know, home run derby is always fun. And the, the uh, all-star game tonight should be fun as well. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I don't know an awful lot about the All Star Game. Will you be having a little bet on that? Is that a gambling proposition for you? Moon off. Uh, that's all you, buddy. Not me. <laughs> um, yeah, I put out an article this morning again on the for the All Star Game. Um, I, I was mentioning this last night that I thought that you know we had found out that Otani was going to be the starting pitcher uh, for the American League tonight and also batting leadoff. And I said that if he was going to uh, go deeper into some of his rounds in the derby. I think that might be something to look at to play maybe a first first uh, inning score by or first uh, a score a run scored in the first inning um and also maybe taking a look at National League to be the first team to score and maybe they're taking their first five team total over. Um just because I mean you could tell he was tired. He didn't get past the first or first round but he had a couple of uh uh, swing offs there and he was gassed and there was a point where he was sitting there um, trying to catch his breath and it was kind of like blowing air into his hand like his hand was hurting and he was tired so it'll be interesting to see how he come, kind of comes out tonight but uh, those are some of the three bets that I made not significant bets just some pizza bet just to have some entertainment tonight but um, uh, yeah I, I have American League money line and I took the first five innings uh, over five and a half yeah, I think Kramer's uh, the real all-star of this week. Um, currently yeah. doing his, yeah. uh, his 24 hours of drafting. Uh, so, yeah, so what we're going to do tonight is we're going to have a little look on, uh, look back at the first half of the season, um, have a look at our tally side picks, how we've gone generally as individuals and as an organisation, and then just have a look at uh, things that have gone well for us, teams, pitchers, hitters that have gone well, things that haven't gone so well, uh, and then move on to some uh, picks for the second half of the season, any futures, any uh, World Series picks, or divisional or even some player props so um, we haven't really discussed uh, what we've picked between us so if we double up uh, we'll see that as a positive we'll make it a double lock uh, and we'll go that way so just on, on the overall season picks on tally site um, like we said t- tally site was um, was behind a little while um, but the one thing I noticed today and I think the highlight is that of all the organisations over there um, it's a group our five analysts there's the three of us who are on the show tonight and Will and is it is it Colby maybe who's the fifth one there's five of us picking I don't um, think Colby's picked any games since like week one okay <laughs> so, we're, come down. so we're carrying Colby <laughs> so we're a bit handcuffed to a ghost with Colby there but, but that, that uh, we are the uh, overall addition by subtraction definitely fair <laughs> enough uh, we are the overall number one organisation on there so we were beating the uh, the CBS and the and the bar stool people and everyone else who's on there um, 51% which is um, just about acceptable I think personally I'm sitting at 53% after a couple of excellent weeks um, but yeah it's an absolute grind and I think keeping our keeping our head above water uh, moon off and, and leading leading that little table it's nice to see the uh, nice to see the SGP and Brandon uh, at the top of that leaderboard I said this other, uh, when when the first time uh, we had Nick and Will on is that I would put us up against anybody in the world as far as handicapping baseball and the numbers don't lie and like you just say we're number one um, within the uh, as an organization against some of the other organizations that you know put their sights up on tally sites, so um, you know I think we got to give ourselves a pat on the back, but we still have a lot of work to do here in the second half of the season. And uh, uh, I know Nick's been firing it, uh, firing it off, having a good season. Nick, um, how have you been looking at tally site? Yeah, you know, this is uh, the first year I've ever picked every Major League Baseball yeah. game every <laughs> single day, and it certainly has been a grind. I was up in that like 53, 54% range for most of the first half, and I got a little cold. Uh, you know, last week I didn't make any picks. I was on vacation, mentioned that, but the, mm-hmm. the, the two or three weeks before that, I was kind of just right around hovering around 50%. So. Yeah. Uh, overall, my percentage dipped some, but you know, I'm rested, I'm refreshed, and I'm ready for the second half. I want to bounce that back up. I want to try to catch you guys. 
Uh, that's all right. Challenge accepted there, Nick. Uh, I'll, keep, I'll keep plugging away. Yeah, I felt like I had a little bit of a lull, maybe the same time as you, maybe three or four weeks ago. Um, and then actually when the when the site was had its gremlins and wasn't updating, I think that's when I was just maybe picking with a clearer mind because I, I'll come on to it in a little while, but I've been picking, for example, I was going to mention this in a little while, but I'll bring it up now, is that the Yankees are my worst performing team. Um and I think that's because when I get behind, I'm then looking for some easy chalk. So you see the Yankees' name, and we've talked week on week that they're going to get better. They're going to get better. They have to get better. Uh, so I've been picking the Yankees, and they just haven't been winning. Um, when I haven't had the results in front of me, I've been picking the games as they are, rather than, oh, I'll try and get that winner. I'll try and steal a win here and there. Uh, so maybe that's something for me for me to learn on, and that's something, the, the little curve that we're all on, uh, learning uh, by picking game on game. So... Um, heading back to the first half of the season then, uh, we said we would have a look at any teams or pitchers uh, who've been our uh, our friends this season, been our biggest money makers. Uh, so you can kick us off, Moonaf. Um, who uh, who did you drag out as someone who's been uh, kind to you over the first few months this year? I think uh, this team and a couple of the pitchers, I, I think that they've been good to all, all three of us, all four of us for the season. It's been the Detroit Tigers. Uh, we talked about Tarek Skubal and, and Kenzie, Casey Mize. Those are the two pitchers that early on in the season, the books were not, you know, obviously them being, I think, rookies this season and, and having their first taste of Major League Baseball, um, they weren't getting priced correctly. And there was not much stats and things like to go off of. But guys like us, where we w- were watching, you know, looking at the box scores every night and, and look at these stats, I think we caught on to it pretty early. And Early on in the season, Malcolm, when we were pay- making our picks, is that you know Casey Mines and Tarek Scruble were guys that were really getting us to the window as far as dog picks. So Tigers was the one team for me early on that was we were catching some pretty good dogs. I think there was a plus two hundred at times, a uh, plus one fifty. They're still hovering around that price. So I- I'm continuing continuing to back Casey My Casey Mize and Tarek Scruble both. Uh, for the Detroit Tigers, that was a one uh, team for me that uh, that was doing real well as some of my biggest money makers. Yeah, I think um, once a couple of guys like that get onto your radar, it's easy with so much baseball on, so many games, so many promotions and demotions and injuries uh, that you can miss a couple of guys coming up. And these weren't um, players who were necessarily on the uh, starting rotation um, when they broke camp at the start of the season, but they were they were they were very, very quickly promoted uh, and they were always going to be uh, rookies out of the shadows and once they do come on your radar then then you start noticing them when we're, when we're looking through um, probable pitchers looking for a pitching matchup if you've noticed these guys last week then the, then your eyes is to them this week and yes, Scoobl and Myers have come in uh, regularly at fairly fancy prices um, the I actually read quite an interesting article today on the sticky stuff um, because Scoobal and Mize are a couple of pitchers who've maybe the performance has just dropped off the last couple of weeks. Uh, but the conclusion was it was unrelated uh, to the sticky stuff incident. It was just kind of coincidental. Um, but it wasn't the case. We, we talked about Shane McClanahan last week, Moonaf, yeah. and I said we were we were on his case early in the season, expecting better things for him. Uh, but the sticky stuff crackdown has absolutely hammered him. He clearly was someone who was very reliant on it. Uh, so that explains why he's dropped off a little way uh, when we didn't really have many answers for that when we talked about it last weekend. Uh, Nick, um, teams, players, who've who've you been uh, who've you been leaning towards so far this year? Yeah, well, I'll keep it uh, underdog themed. And uh, two of the teams that I have the highest winning percentage on on tally site are the Rockies and the Twins, which, you know, both well over 60%, Rockies over 65%. And, yeah, so in general, these teams aren't very good, but they're definitely capable of jumping up and and beating uh, better teams. Uh, So when you're looking at each of them, for the Rockies, I like whenever German Marquez or Gray is on the mound. Uh, Both those pitchers, really solid pitchers, Anybody else fade them, but if those two guys are on the mound, you might want to look at the Rockies. You know, depending on the matchup and depending on who they're playing and where. Um, as far as the Twins, I mean, the pitching has really let them down. They have what the fourth highest ERA in the uh, in the league, but the batting is legit, top ten batting percentage, third most home runs. So I like to pick my spots with the Twins. You know, as long as they're not facing an ace, as long as they're playing a team, you know, that's average to bad on offense, 
they always have a chance of out hitting their opponent and winning that game. So uh, yeah, so far the Rockies and, and twins have been kind to me and one other team, my nationals I'm hitting 50, 57% on and perhaps just cause I'm a fan of the Nats and you know, maybe I know a little bit more about them some, than some of the other uh, teams out there. Yeah, the Nationals um, seem to have been more of a, a yo-yo team than anybody else over the last kind of three weeks. They they had that really good streak and sort of jumped in from 10-1 to 1 into 5-1 to 1 to win that division. Yeah. Then all of a sudden, just as quickly went cold and we're back out to 10-1 to 1, uh, in the space of a few days. Um, you know what it was? You know what it was? I came on the pod and I trashed them. <laughs> Is that what it was? <laughs> and then they started playing well. So apparently I just need to talk bad about them again and maybe they'll crank it back up. <laughs> I thought you were Excellent. the one that called uh, called the manager and told them to push Schwarber in the at the leadoff spot. I thought that's what it was. I, I could only get through to his assistant, so okay. maybe the word got to him. I'm not sure. Okay. Uh, yeah, that streak by Schwarber was absolutely something else. Um, yeah, the teams that have done well for me are kind of the the teams at the extremes as well. So the D-backs who are going to be a recurring theme tonight. Uh, every time we come back across to me, uh, I'm sort of the D-backs at 63, percent um, which obviously just comes from permanently fading them but Houston at 60% uh, were my other team and the Rockies and the Tigers so teams that you've already mentioned uh, so yeah we kind of get on the same on the same train a little bit um, a player that I've followed and has done really well this season for me is Robbie Ray uh, I picked him early uh, pre-season for to have the most strikeouts in the league now because he missed the first month of the season, he's playing catch-up there a little bit. Uh, so he's going to need a little bit of help if he's going to challenge for that crown. I also bought low on him in all my fantasy leagues. Um, just because he had this tradition of uh, of walking absolutely everyone that he faced. Um, always got loads of strikeouts, but always walked uh, walked far too many people. Um, he missed the first month, uh, but since then he's been 7-4 and four with a 3.13 ERA. So Robbie Ray's turned a nice profit. Uh, he's picked up wins. And the Blue Jays team, that normally a competitive price, uh, they're not really a, a strong favourite very often. They don't have um, stud pitches. Uh, Ryu is often a favourite. But then you get the likes of Mats and Stripling, and they can often be a pick in the Blue Jays. Uh, the other one is... Um, Tony Disco down for the Giants. Um, Anthony Desclafani. Um, obviously, the Giants have been a surprise team. I'm sure they're going to get more airtime here in a little while. But Tony Disco's 10 and 3. Um, and I imagine if you were a, a level profit, a level stakes gambler on uh, Desclafani, he'd have turned you a, a really good profit as well. Uh, so they're the, they're the names that have, have done well for me so far this year. Uh, Moonaf, any, any team that have uh, done the opposite, any team that have been uh, ruining you? Yeah, I think for me, it was the Baltimore Orioles. And early on in the season, uh, when we were doing our uh, preseason picks, um, they were one of the teams, I think the third third team that had the, or was projected to have the least amount of wins right behind, I believe, the Pirates and the, I think it was, um, I want to say the Rockies. I think they were right there with each other. But um Early on, I think we had some success with uh, John Means before he got injured. Uh, but other than that, I was looking to fade this team. In, and I think a prime example for me was when they came into Houston a few weeks back and, and they swept Houston. I think that was a point, Malcolm, we were talking about how Houston could create some more separation in that division because we got down on them to win the AL uh, West division when they were at plus odds. So, um, you know, for me, the, the Baltimore Orioles – they, I mean, they had an all-star player. I mean, when was the last time they had a guy that made the all-star team? Uh, Chris Mullins, right? And he's been in that leadoff spot for the uh, Baltimore Orioles. He's been absolutely fantastic. And they're a really gritty team. They don't really give up. And in the spots that you think that they're going to lose, they find a way to win games. And then the in, in spots where you think, at least for me, that they're going to win, they find a way to lose. So I think this was one of the teams I was a real thorn in uh, in my uh, bankroll uh, so far in this MLB season. Yeah, I don't mind watching uh, watching the Orioles. They're quite a fun team. They've got a couple of good players. I like to say Mullins has done really well. Uh, quick player. He's a bit of a glue guy. Does all sorts for them. Uh, Anthony Sandande uh, is another one. So yeah, the, the Orioles have, uh, have just got something in them. Um, Nick, any teams that have been uh, in your bad books? Yeah, for me, it's the A's, you know, uh, for a team with a 52 and 40 record, I'm actually below 500 picking A's game. So obviously that's not good. 
Uh, yeah, apparently I was slow to believe in this team and, and maybe I still don't, you know, <laughs> we'll see what happens in the second half of the season. I'm either going to look really smart when they regress or if they keep it up, I'm going to just go down with the ship and, and keep on losing on A's games. Cause uh, yeah, they've been a real thorn in my side so far. Yeah. Um, the A's have had quite a lot of, of coverage uh, with us be- just because we were so sweet on um, Houston, me and Moonaf, every time the, the standings sort of leveled up and the prices, the prices stayed level for a hell of a long time. I'm trying to think it was maybe, well, may, maybe early June when we started getting that separation. Uh, both teams around about 110 uh, for a long time. There's still not much in it, only three and a half games. Um, for, I mean, that run differential for a start, Houston's is plus 136 to Oakland's at plus 32. Uh, so there's a few little red flags and to expect uh, Houston to get away. And I know you said uh, this afternoon when we were chatting, Moon, after um, the, the price is really contracted now on Houston, uh, almost to an unbackable level. What was the price that you said to me earlier on? Yeah, there's so some, I believe it was uh, Fandle. They have it, uh, the Astros all the way up to minus 800. Uh, DraftKings has them at around minus five. 50 or around 500. So I know we locked it up right under uh, plus odds. So uh, we're pretty happy about that. Yeah. Um, so I think the the two that have let me down, like I say, the Yankees at 46%. And I do think it's because I just keep chasing that chalk. You see that it's name recognition. When you're picking every game and you're going down that list and you might have 10 minutes to pick 15 games and you just click, click, okay, I'll put the Yankees in. I'll put the Yankees in. Again, especially when I feel like I've been behind the eight ball a little bit. Um, but So yeah, I've, I've learned from that. Um, and the second one is a pitcher um, and it's Kyle Hendricks on the Cubs. Now, pre-season, um, we slated the Cubs for having this odd, soft tossing lineup that they have. Um, Kyle Hendricks started the season uh, poorly, uh, one or two uh, really odd starts. And then I think that kind of led me to fade in him almost permanently since then. Uh, and since then, he's been 11-4, and four, um, which has been outstanding, really. And in a team where the Cubs have been gradually getting worse and worse and worse. Uh, so I need to change my tune a bit on Kyle Hendricks. I just find him really difficult to watch. And I think it's because I'm a little bit of a novice. Um, he clearly knows what he's doing. He's painting the corners at 78 miles an hour. And I'm just expecting every pitch to go over the fence. Yeah. Um, it's just, it just looks like it's going to go. Um, and it doesn't. And the, he often the batters look as, as confused as I am uh, sitting across here watching it. So, so yeah, I need to give Kyle Hendricks a bit more kudos than I have. So uh, I'll be remedying that in the second half of the season. Um, Munaf, you are without doubt our trends man. Um, yeah. So we've um, you were going to have a look at any profitable trends uh, that you can pick out from that first half. Yeah, I had a couple here, and, I, and like you said, I love look, love looking at some of these trends. But I think eventually they'll regress back to the mean. But I think the first two were totals for me, and the first team was the Cincinnati Reds, and I was really loved backing their overs. Because we talk, we talked about Malcolm at extents of um, how they have a pretty good lineup, right? Red with Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, uh, Joey Votto at times when he can, you know, he's batting well. So this lineup was very, very, very deep, and they they were in tops in some of the slugging categories, especially when you had those two guys in their lineup. Um, they were really uh, raking and, and parlay that with their bad pitching, right? And and we talked about how Luis Castillo got off to a real bad start. He's uh he's he's kind of found his form over the past two weeks here, um, but that starting pitching just hasn't been there. And then again, the bullpen, which has been one of the worst in the National League, um, who blew a pick for me. I think it was last week or the week before when I was backing Luis Castillo, and they gave up six runs in the eighth and ninth inning there. So that was one team that I loved looking at taking overs on was the Cincinnati Reds, and then the second team was uh, uh, Nick's team, their Nationals. Uh, the, their under was cashing at an alarming rate before they made some of the moves and the offense kind of found themselves, I think they were cashing close to 65% to the under and it almost became robotic for me, like blindly taking their under every single night. And it took, like we discussed earlier for them to kind of move Kyle Schwarber into that leadoff spot where that, that offense kind of found themselves led by Kyle. Right. And that's when they started scoring some more runs and it's kind of started regressing back to the mean. Um, so those were two teams as far as totals. And then another team like we've just talked about was the Astros, um, and not necessarily on their money line because they are one of the better teams in the American league. We talked about how, if you did like betting on the Astros, 
take a look at their run line, right? Instead of the money line. And I went back and kind of got an updated number. If you like the Astros and you bet on their run line, your record is 42 and 13. So they've been winning by more than one run in 42 of their 55 games. So I think that's something that's going to continue. They're getting guys back into this lineup. I know Bregman has been out. Um, uh, Alvarez has been in and out of their lineup. Some of their pitchers have been dealing with some knickknack injuries, but it seems like they're finally going to be healthy going into the second half season. And they're kind of, you know, creating more separation in that AL West. So I think continue to look at the Astros run line if you do like um, uh, the Astros on any given night. That, Moonaf, is an excellent stat. Um, yeah, we, we've ridden that quite a, quite a few times uh, over the first couple of months. It's something that we've given out um, after we did our little pod where we concentrated on trends. Uh, Nick, you a trends man? Does that blow your skirt up? Well, you know, I got one for you, and uh, I mentioned it a few weeks ago, but I think it bears repeating. And this is uh, talking about the Milwaukee Brewers and their lack of offense. And, you know, it's always a good time to fade the Brewers when Burns, Peralta, or Woodruff isn't pitching. Uh, Lauer is, uh, and I think he's their number four guy or, or the number five guy. Lauer's three and four, uh, and, and Hauser's five and five. So when the team isn't getting top notch pitching, they're struggling to win and they're usually still the favored. So it's always good to fade the Brewers when those guys are not on the mound. Their batting average is horrible. Um, I was looking at all sorts of things today in preparation for this, and their batting average is about 220. It's way down. I think it was 14th of 15 uh, in that league. And that it's remarkable that um, they've managed to sustain um, a, a position at the top of that division. I think that's been uh, the Cubs and the Cards have made it easier for them by just kind of dropping off a cliff uh, fairly recently. And that's forced Cincinnati reluctantly into second place as well, who don't really want to be there. So um, due to due to a, a lack of depth in opposition with Milwaukee, you found themselves um, top of that top of that division. But then um, yeah, they say it's a it's a weird it's a weird combination of kind of three. They have three SP ones really, uh, three stud pitchers, uh, but the batting average has been um has been fairly fairly weak. Um I'll kick off then because I didn't have nothing to add on the trends front. Uh, we're talking about surprises uh, for the first half of the season. Um, and you put other than Yankees in brackets because uh, we've done well not to bash the Yankees so far. Uh, we're, being, we're being professional and analytical. Uh, the first one that jumps out, and I know you were going to talk about these as well, Moonaf, with the Giants. I mean... Um, because they've just been good and there's no two ways about it. They've been good. They have been consistent. Um, obviously, the, a team can can get off to a hot start, which the Giants did. Uh, and every kind of three or four weeks, we say we're expecting them to come back to the field. And then they go on another little burst again. So as it stands now, they're looking for their 57 and 32. Um, they've got two games on the Dodgers and six games on the Padres, but even the last 10, seven and three with a streak of one and four, they're, they're not coming back to the field. Um, the, the pitching has been great. Um, Goldsman, we've already mentioned Esclafani. Um, but I know you were going to speak about them a little bit more. So the Giants are the obvious sign that one. The one that for me um, was the Mariners. Um, the Mariners were projected to win 71.5 games. And they are currently... Let's see if I can find him. They're 48 and 43. Yeah. Um, so they've got a percentage of 527. So they're, 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 well, they're well above that. Um, they play real small ball, um, Seattle. They haven't got that many power guys. Seagang to hit it out. Um, but yeah, they've got some they've had some decent pitching efforts from people maybe you wouldn't associate with it. Kikuchi uh, is the name you'd probably know best, uh, but Flexen and Logan Gilbert, I think they're all around uh, 3.5 ERA. I think two of them are 3.5, one of them is 3.49. Um, so d- decent pitching efforts. And like I say, this little small ball thing to do, uh, Dylan Moore, Crawford, even Jake Fraley came up. They're all little sort of power power speed combinations, uh, the steel bases. Um, so yeah, the Mariners have been, uh, have been a good side, a surprising side for me. Uh, they have a better record than the Yankees. Now, I don't know what price you would have got about that yeah. uh, if you could have got a match bet uh, for the first half of the season. But um, but that was outstanding. So, uh, Munaf, um, surprising teams for you? Uh, I guess 
I guess to no surprise, I'm going with the Boston Red Sox. And yeah, there we go. 33 minutes in, Moon, for your first Red Sox. That's a world record. <laughs> it's a record. <laughs> it is a record. It's not even close as well. It's about 30 minutes longer than normal. Yeah, well, I, I kind of want to rewind because when they traded away Mookie Betts, I, I think that it really didn't sit well with none of the team or at least the Red Sox fans because Mookie Betts, that we all thought that he was going to retire as a Red Sox uh, player. But the money at the time they had a GM where he wasn't going to, um, I guess, pay that amount of money to a player, uh, especially with all the risks of injuries and things like that, that can happen in, to any athlete. So at that point, you know, practically going into this, this uh, past season, they lost their entire outfield that was there when they won the championship with Andrew Benatendi, Jackie Bradley Jr. And Mookie Betts. Um, and I thought it would take a while for them to replace those players. And because the farm system, and the minor league guys weren't quite ready yet. Um, I know uh, when we talked with uh, Sean and Ryan at the beginning of the season, uh, y'all were high on the Boston Red Sox. I believe their regular uh, regular season win total was set at 80 and a half. And we did like the over, but I didn't think that they would be this successful as they are so far. And I think for the bi- the biggest thing for the Red Sox has been the rehire of Alex Cora. I've said that numerous times on the podcast, but also Rafael Devers and Alexander Bogarts have really taken that next step to stardom. Uh, while having one of the best power hitters in the game in J.D. Martinez. So I think with those three guys and, and some of these other you know role players that they kind of have uh, on this team, they've really been able to put together one of the best offenses in the American League. Um, and, and with that being said, the Red Sox are still going to get their ace pitcher back, Chris Sale. I mean, he's supposed to be back, uh, I think they said end of July, early August. He's already started rehab. Um, and we, we love looking at fan graphs and they have them to win the AL East division with 94 wins. So, um, it's exciting times. I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of being cautiously optimistic about them. I still think they need to get another, um, get another uh, pitcher in that rotation, but getting Chris sell back, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how he, how he responds coming back off of Tommy John surgery and, and how they kind of deal with that. Or is he going to be on an innings count and a pinch count? And the other team was like, you just mentioned, um, uh, was a Giants. So I'm not going to get too much into it because you already said it, but you know, it, we, we talked about uh, during the season that they're not really leading in some of the offensive uh, categories. They're just finding ways to win. And I think that pitching led by Kevin Gossman has really led this team to be in contention and leading that NL West division um, with the pitching that they have. And it's really be interesting to see, but we thought it was going to be between the Dodgers and the Padres, but it almost seems like all three of those teams in the NL West are going to uh, be in contention to make the playoffs um, uh, as we progress in the second half of the season. Yeah, that certainly looked like maybe one of the tighter divisions. Um, all of a sudden, about three weeks ago, the, the divisions just changed. The separation suddenly appeared. Something happened in the space of about five days. Uh, and all of a sudden, teams that were hovering around even money were suddenly uh, minus minus 250, minus 300 kind of thing. Um, the, the season just uh, suddenly kind of evened itself out. Um, Nick, surprising teams for you. Who's caught your eye? Well, a couple of things. First off, Moon off, you forgot to mention one of my favorite Red Sox is Alex Verdugo. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I yeah I've, I've had him on my fantasy team last couple of years. And whether he's batting the leadoff or second, or he's just, uh, he seems like a, a you know all around good player. He always comes up clutch, too. I uh, yeah. just wanted to include his name in there because I'm yeah. a fan of uh, Verdugo. Right. But uh, yeah, I also had the Giants circled. I mean, uh, it may not be advanced stats here, but they have the second best ERA in the league with a top 10 batting average, and they lead the league in home runs put all that together, you're going to win some games. Uh, so, yeah, you got to like what the Giants are doing. I don't think it's a fluke. I don't think they're going to fade away. Watch out for them, you know, come September, October time frame. Uh, the other team I mentioned uh, or I, I had thought of when this question was, was uh, came about was the Royals. I thought I remember hearing some team or some people think the Royals might be a dark horse team. And they're, they, they've just been, been bad. I mean, they have the third worst record in the AL. Uh, yeah, they're, they're, they're playing 500 ball at home, but on the road, they're 15 and 31. So uh, not very good offense, not great pitching. The Royals just have been a bad team for anybody who thought they were going to do well. They just haven't. So they kind of stood out as well. Yeah, the, the Royals were a team who were, we, we, I think we'd actually picked the over on them preseason. Uh, they were 
they were slated at 71 and a half games uh, and we had them down at 77. Um, so we, we'd gone for the over in that division. In the same division, we actually picked the Chicago White Sox as an under. Uh, so maybe the AL Central wasn't our proudest uh, our proudest moment in pre-season. Uh, the Royals aren't out of it, but the, the White Sox are going to have to absolutely blow that. Uh, they're they're going to blow that out of the water. WinBet is bringing in the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in in all your favourite teams, players and sports games. Generous promos, odds and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer. $500 in risk-free sports bets. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at wynnbet.com and download the app today. We're brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Find the best odds on NBA championship tickets when you buy directly from other bettors on PropSwap. See a ticket you like but think the price is too high? Submit a bid for a price you think is fair, then buy it. Every ticket purchased on PropSwap can be resold at any time with one click of a button. And PropSwap gives you a suggested price tool to let you know how much your ticket is worth. Last week, a PropSwap customer sold $500 40-to-1 Phoenix Suns championship ticket for $16,000 after the Suns went 2-0 up in the finals. A 30-time return for the seller and adjusted odds of minus 400 for the buyer when every sports week in the country had the Suns at minus 500. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to improve to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. Think of it like the stock market, but for sports betting. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. Go to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app today. Talking about the NBA finals there, Munaf, in the in the ad reads. Um, I lost interest after you cost me a million dollars last week in, uh, in, with my little DraftKings ticket that I'd won, uh, so I haven't cast an eye over it. Um, you've been hammering the NBA gambling podcast. How have the picks been going? What's the score? Who's winning? What do I need to know? I, I'm not sure why you haven't gotten your half a million yet. I already got Still my not. DraftKings account. I don't know what's going on. It takes a while for you to convert to Euros or what's going on? I know they were probably anyway. caught up with Euro 2020. Maybe that's what it was, but... Uh, no, the NBA Finals are chugging along. Yeah, it's uh, 2-1 Suns right now. I think Game 4 goes off tomorrow night. Um, Zach, myself, and Dan are going to record a pod tonight um, for to preview Game 4, so look out for that. But um, the picks have been going pretty well. Uh, I picked the Suns in 6 when, we, when I wrote the NBA Finals preview article for the website, so um, that's still alive and well. So hopefully the Suns uh, wrap it up. I know Ryan... Ryan McKee and uh, Jeff Fox are our Suns fans, so hopefully uh, the Suns get it done for those guys, and and that'll be another uh, championship for I guess the SGPN crew uh, of fans. Well, how is the uh, Canadian a Suns fan? I th- you know what? I, that's something I need to figure out <laughs> from Jeff. Uh, no I know Raptors. McKee, Come on, he, he he like grew up or lives uh, lived in the Arizona area, so he's been a fan for a while. But uh, makes sense. We might need to investigate that a little bit. Um. Educate me, Nick. What teams in North Carolina? Are there any? No, no. We're, we're, this is college basketball area. Uh, ah, okay. Tell you the truth, I haven't watched the NBA in a long time. Uh, back when the Wizards used to be the Bullets. So, uh, yeah, wow. you know, Moonoff is your man to talk NBA, not myself. Fair enough. Um, so, second half of MLB season. Um, were you going to have a little look at teams who we were looking to Bet teams we were looking to fade uh, maybe on a more regular basis from what we've learned in the first half. Uh, so, Nick, you can lead us off. Um, yeah. Go for it. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, sure. No problem. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, what? While the, when the season winds down, usually I'm looking at pitching over hitting. I, you know, I, I tend to favor that aspect of the game. And, and right now, I was, I was looking at the standings and the stats and everything. And right now, there are only two teams that are above 500 that have bottom one-third pitching in the league. That's the Angels and the Indians. Uh, now, obviously, both those teams have stars that are due back at some point. So, uh, you know, that might help them. But I'm looking to fade both of those teams. I, I don't, I'm not a believer in the Indians. I'm certainly not a believer in the Angels. So, um, yeah, yeah, the, yeah, those are two teams that right now are above 500, still kind of, you know, in the mix in their respective divisions. But uh, I don't think they're going to really, you know, come through in the second half. I'm pleased you said that. We 
the the Angels we know we've we've said it a million times. It's it's an old story that they have they have zero pitching. Um, but but the Indians are mentioned just about on a weekly basis, Nick. That I just don't trust them. I don't know how they ever ended up second in that division. Well, they're still second in that division. They never look like winning every time I watch them, uh, and I do. I do like to use the eye test as, as something when I'm handicapping, even on even on baseball when there's so many stats. You have to factor in what you're watching with your own eyes. Um, yeah, and I've just regularly, everything I've watched just looks, I'm sceptical of. Uh, so the fact that you can you come up and, and back that up, I'm, I'm pleased about that. Um, so, uh, Moonaf, same question. Uh, team to back, team to fade. I think the team to fade for me is, is a team that we had just talked about earlier. Nick had mentioned was Colorado Rockies. And I think um, as, as we kind of approach the trade deadline here, they might be blowing it up here. We've, we've heard Trevor Story's uh, name being circulated in rumors. Uh, uh, certainly a great bat for a contending team that needs an extra bat in the lineup to pick up. Another name that's been floating around is J- John Gray is another pitcher that may be uh, on the move from the Rockies. I know the Rockies have came out and said that they don't want to trade Marquez, but I think if the right package of prospects and things comes along for them, they might be willing to move him also. And then I'm not sure if they'll move Charlie Blackman, not uh, if, if they are able to, uh, but I think that might be another name that they might just completely just blow this thing up. Uh, aside from, uh, aside from that, um, they do have the te- uh, second toughest schedule in the second half of the season. Um, and we take a look at their road record. They are the only team in the entire league that has less than 10 wins on the road. So I think this is a team to fade. And then like I talked about with the Astros, if you see this Rockets team on the road uh, and you want to play on their opposing opposing team, that's at home. Take a look at the run line that, that, that money line is going to be a very, very heavily juiced number around minus 175 north of minus 200. But you might be getting some value in that run line again, uh, fading the uh, Colorado Rockies. And the team to uh, quickly also say this team to bet on for me, I think it's going to be the Tampa Bay Rays. They always find some type of way to sneak their way into the playoffs, be in contention the AL East when they don't have the star power. They do have those two young guys now with Randy Rosarena and uh, Wander Franco. It's just going to be which one of these pitchers is going to step up for them and, and be that consistent guy that they need. Is it going to be Ryan Yarbrough? Is it going to be Shane McClanahan? Is it going to be Michael Walker? I think they'll be fine. Hopefully, the, again, the bats stay consistent for them. And I think Franco is primed to have a breakout second half because he's been the one prospect that we've all been kind of waiting for, for him to come up in this Rays uh, batting uh, lineup and in their infield. The biggest question is going to be, when and if they get Tyler Glass now back, is he going to be effective? Because that's an injury that what he sustained with the whole sicky stuff situation is that that can really flare up again and it can really backfire on him. And the last thing for the Rays is that they have the fifth easiest schedule remaining in the second half of the season. So they might be on the heels of the Red Sox. They are only one and a half games back that ALE. So they may be right. They're right there on the heels of the Red Sox. So I think this is a team that I might be looking at to back uh, in the second half of the season. Yeah. Um, digging out the strength of schedule stats there, Munaf, is uh, is an outstanding uh, way to look at it. As always, we're allowing you to, to, to find an alternative angle. Um, you mentioned uh, Tyler Glasnow and the sticky stuff, and I mentioned it with McClanahan earlier on. Now, this might be something that, that could affect the Rays maybe a little bit more. Uh, we talk about how inventive they are. Um, maybe they were inventive to the point of relying on this quite quite a lot. I mentioned McClanahan. And Rich Hill is another one. Now, I know um, Rich Hill's injured currently, but he's another one who's really fallen off a cliff uh, since the sticky stuff. So that's three and that's three raised pitches uh, that you can sort of group together on that. So that'll be worth keeping an eye on. Uh, with your Rockies pick, uh, the only thing I had to add on that was I heard there was a rumour last night that um, one of Trevor Story's home run uh, derby balls was going to explode in the colours of the team he's getting traded to, like a gender reveal. <laughs> um, but it didn't happen. I mean, that would have been a great thing. I think we need to we, we need to introduce that. So um, watching Trevor Story closely for that. But yeah, uh, I think the Rockies... Will be sellers. Um, the team I've picked to—I say I've, I've started giggling already. The team I've picked is the team to follow, and I don't know how either of you boys haven't landed on this. Uh, it's clearly the Arizona Diamondbacks in the second <laughs> half. Um, yeah, all right. Laugh it up, laugh it up, boys. They're um, not going to turn so, it around. <laughs> they are going to turn it around. This is the thing. Um, they're twenty-six and sixty-six. Um, 
However, there's a couple of things for me, and I did mention this a couple of weeks ago, Munaf, there is going to be improvement. In fact, you fetched up the line before me, the over and under. What did you? What was the number you got to? 59, maybe, was it? 59 and a half, yeah. Minus 59 and a half, the under, so they, yeah. need to win. they need to win 33 games. Yeah, they're going to absolutely uh, dominate that. So, And that, that was um, that was going to be plus odds on the over as well. You said the under was juiced to... Minus yeah, uh, minus one thirty. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. A couple of uh, a, a couple of things that tell me they are going to be better in the second half. Uh, their expected win loss is thirty two and sixty, um, which is six games uh, that they have lost. Uh, the, that expected win loss is a, is a luck metric. Uh, if, if if such a thing exists. I know that's counterintuitive. Uh, so there's six games that can turn around. The other thing is, and this blows my mind, they're 3-20 in one-run games. Wow. I mean, the, yeah, I know. Um, so if they can get half of those six expected wins back, uh, they can then even just go 10-10 and 10 in one-run games, something like that. Um, yeah, they're going to finish way over that 59 mark. Um, Cole Calhoun just got back for them. And I think the big difference is... Um, the bullpen, which let us down last week. We had them as a big dog um, at the Dodgers uh, last week and the, the bullpen let us down. But uh, Joaquim Surya was expected to be their closer early in the season uh, for various reasons, injury uh, and a little bit of form he wasn't. Um, but he is now, he's got back and I think he's ready to start the second half of the season where he should have started the first half. Um, Carson Kelly, Astrobal Cabrera players who might come back. Yeah, so uh, the D-backs are going to be better and they'll be better at some uh, plus odds prices. Uh, you have written in the show notes, Munaf, in capital letters, you couldn't pay me to back the Diamondbacks, exclamation mark. <laughs> I was uh, saying, yeah, we that's a about ballsy this in... bet, man. <laughs> well, we'll see. You come running back to me. I'll, I'll look forward to the day you come into the Slack channel and say, oh, Malcolm, turns out you were right. I'm and I'll say, don't worry, down. lads. I'm going to write this down. Uh, yeah, you write it down. Uh, my other one is, uh, it, it's a fade of um, the Mariners, uh, the team I'm going to fade in the second half of the season. I said they were one of my um, surprising teams. Uh, and that kind of leads us nicely to to why, to why, how and why we can fade them. Um, again, I've mentioned their um, record is 48 and 43. Um, but back to that expected win-loss total of 40 and 51. Um, now, that's not particularly uh, close. So if, we, if we're going to use that metric to, to boost the Diamondbacks, we can use the same metric to fade to fade the Mariners. Um, they're 10 and 1 in extras, which is great. Um Partly because of that small ball thing that we talked about, they get a, you get a ghost runner on second, and the Mariners can bring them home. Uh, but I, I don't expect that to, uh, to to maintain either that ten and one uh, and nineteen and eight in one run games. So just we're not asking for a huge thing. A lot of those things are going to balance out, and they have to regress uh, a little bit. So. Yeah, follow the D-backs, they'll make you a few quid uh, and you can start fading the Mariners. Um, I don't know how profitable that we because uh, the books are normally onto them. But um, yeah, they were my two. A little bit, little bit more off the wall uh, than you two in your vanilla picks. Um, so, uh, right, okay. In the, this, is, right, this is what we're here for now. Picks, 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 picks. Um, we want some World Series predictions and maybe... Um, if we've got any dogs for the rest of the season, whether it's a divisional dog or even a player prop. Uh, so we'll start off with the World Series. Uh, Moonaf, we'll let you go. Um, who did you alight on to win it all come October? Yeah, um, for me, uh, you know, it, it, I started looking at, like Nick mentioned, that you start looking at pitching and who has great pitching. And there's only a handful of teams that you could count probably on your three fingers that come to mind for each each league. And I think the first one for me, um, it was between two teams of the National League, or sorry, the American League, and that was going to be the Chicago White Sox and the Houston Astros. And, and I went with the at, with the Astros because if you kind of just take a look at their, their pitching depth that they have on this team, it is a good problem for Dusty Baker to have because – they have Zach Grinky, Lance McCullers, who's having a pretty good season coming back from injury. Uh, they just got Framber Valdez back. They have um, Jose or Katie, um, Christian Javier, Luis Garcia, who's also been so good for the starting rotation. And oh, by the way, they're supposed to get, you know, jo uh, Justin Verlander back maybe in September, mid September. So if he has a, if he's right on schedule to come back, this season, that's going to be 
a former Cy Young winner coming back to this rotation. And now you have the flexibility of moving one of those guys that's in that starting rotation to really bolster your bullpen. I think they're still going to be active as a trade line kind of approaches to get another bullpen arm in there. But you parlay that with this batting lineup that they have and the World Series experience that they have, and they're kind of playing with this chip on their shoulder about, you know, with all the sign stealing and the, and the, the trash can banging and all that stuff, they're playing with that chip on their shoulder. So with this lineup, when you have Jose Altuve, Alex Bregman, Jordan Alvarez, Carlos Correa, who's having a fantastic year, uh, Yuli Gurriel, um, I mean, this lineup is completely stacked. So on both sides of the ball, pitching and hitting, the Astros have it. Currently, they're plus 260 to win the American League. And they're also plus 650 to win the World Series. Um, so I, that was my pick for the American League. And for the National League, um, it's a team that you've been backing, Malcolm. And I'm going to go with the New York Mets. I, I didn't want to be, you know, the, the public guy that picked either the Dodgers. But I, I think the Mets, the number one thing that we talked about, Malcolm, all season was that they're finally getting healthy, right? And that they, they're getting their, their guys on the offensive side and their lineup back. Um the, the pitching has been phenomenal. Jacob DeGrom, we don't even need to talk about. This guy's not even human. Um, and I know you're going to talk about the Mets, so I'll let you get into that in the, uh, uh, when you talk about them. But it's kind of coming together for them. And I, You're just hoping that their bats are going to be good enough to carry the pitching and giving that run support that they really need. So I think the New York Mets are really in prime position to uh, make a run in, in the National League. Currently, they're plus uh, 425 to win the National League. And then I'm currently seeing them at plus around close to plus 775 or I think you could find an eight to one on them to win the World Series. So that was the two teams that I picked. And if you were feeling really ballsy, uh, the exact World Series matchup for these two to meet up in the World Series is at 21 to uh, 21 to one. So um, those were the two teams that I picked for the World Series right now. Nice. Moving off. Um I did have a trivia question, um, sure. but I'll, I'll give you a clue. The answer is the Mets. Um, so <laughs> the it's ju- it's just run scored. This is the one thing that I can't kind of get my head around. So thirtieth and run scored, uh, Pittsburgh three with three hundred and nineteen. Okay. Twenty um, eighth, third mm-hmm. from the bottom, uh, Miami with three fifty three. So that's a big leap already. That's the 34 run leap. Uh, so which team is sandwiched in the middle? Which team is 29th in run scored? Either of you got, got the answer? The Mets. Yes, it's the New York Mets um, <laughs> with 327 runs. So I'm not entirely sure how they've made it all the way down there. Because that's a big, even that leap from the Mets to Miami, that's a 26 run difference. And then everybody else is up 400, 450, 470 um, with, a, with a run differential plus nine the Mets. So, yeah, that's a bit of a head scratcher, but it is behind that um, great pitch. And, well, um, to highlight, yeah, that, to highlight yeah. that real quick, Miami, who is the, the, the worst team in the NL East, their, dif- their run differential is plus 17, which is higher than the Mets at plus nine, well, who's first. So that's, yeah. that's crazy. Yeah, we've 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 struggled to get away from Miami. Every time we have a little chat about that division or maybe a long shot, uh, Miami were always kind of hanging around. They've just dropped away lately, um, but they, they've been certainly been competitive. Um, yeah, I'm going to talk a little bit or wrap up uh, the Mets stuff in a little in a little bit. But Nick, we'll let you go next. Um, who are your who are your outright picks? Yeah, so it's going to sound a little chalky, but I got my World Series as White Sox Dodgers. Uh, I mean, the White Sox, you got what, plus 320 to win the AL, plus 800 to win it all. Remember, they're doing all this without Robert and Jimenez, who I think are due back in the second half at some point. Yeah, Jimenez will be back very soon. I think he started a rehab assignment this week. Yeah, um, he, he went, uh, there was a huge bidding war for him uh, in uh, fantasy leagues with Fab this week. Uh, so yeah, we, I think we We'll see. We'll see Jimenez before the end of this month. Yeah. So remember, those they, those two guys might be their best two off- offensive players, arguably. So uh, yeah, yeah, they can mix up uh, pitching, hitting, you name it. The White Sox have it. I can't pick the Astros. Sorry, Moon off. After all that <laughs> shenanigans, I can't go Astros. Mm. Uh, there's not much to say about the Dodgers. You know, obviously they're favorites for a reason. I will say the other team I have my eye on. We've mentioned them a lot in this podcast. Is the Giants? They're really getting no love. Uh, you know, plus 650 to win the NL, plus 1800 to win it all. 
I don't believe in the Padres. I don't really believe in anyone in the NL East. And I've mentioned my issue with the Brewers. Yeah. So if the Dodgers don't do it, then then why not the Giants? Uh, so yeah, I think uh, you know, placing a little money on the Giants might not be a bad idea either. No, that's a great way to look at it, Nick. If you, if you can put a line through, uh, you don't have to start at the top and work down. You can start at the bottom and work up. And if you if you can put a line through competitors, uh, it leaves you with a leaves you with a, um, a, a clear pick. And that's pretty much what I've done a lot of the time uh, with the Mets. And, and that this is the only the only pick I've got, and it's it's a World Series pick, and it's the Mets. So, uh, I went pre-season with them at 10 to 1. I can still find a little bit of 9 to 1 over here uh, with my two local books. Uh, so maybe a little bit bigger in this country if anyone can avail themselves of the 9 to 1. Um, they look like now they've got a clear run to that division. Um, Ronald Acuna went down uh, for the Braves, uh, which is a, it's going to be a, a big, uh, a huge loss for them. Uh, so things have just opened up for the Mets. So we're now uh, 1.36. So around about minus 300. And for that division, um, yeah, the bats have got back. They've got some of the bats back, Jeff McNeil, people like that. Um, and also the bats um, uh, who are going to come back. Uh, people who have been fit, but I think are going to have a better a better second half. Francisco Lindor is starting to uh, to warm up. And even the catcher, James McCann, who, uh, who was struggling earlier on, I think he's due a, se- a better second half. Um Carlos Carrasco on the pitching side and possibly Noah Syndergaard. The news has gone a little bit quiet uh, on Thor recently, uh, but you put them two in. I mean, they're, they're both, I mean, Syndergaard's are probably an SP1 and Carrasco is probably an SP2. Um, so you get them two into what is already a firing rotation. Seth Lugo came back uh, from the IL maybe three weeks ago uh, and has just bolstered that pen, which is good with where, with Edwin Diaz doing stuff at the back end. So, yeah, the Mets just look like, again, a, a lack of alternatives, as Nick just pointed out. If you can put a line uh, through competitors, um, the Mets the Mets jumped out there uh, at 9-1. to one. Um I'll carry on with the only dog that I could pick out of anything. I looked at player props. I mean, I, I already had my show here, Tony, thirty-five to one um, for MVP. So I didn't need really need to look at to look at any player props. Um, so the biggest dog I found, and it's you need to find a team that have still got a chance. Now I know Nick's just absolutely he didn't trash the Padres, uh, but he said he wasn't he wasn't a huge fan. But I just think at the price that they've still got a chance, and they're nine to two. They're they're plus five fifty. Um, the six games behind the Giants, uh, the two games behind the Dodgers. So that could easily in a fortnight that could be. Uh, two and a half to one, two to one, uh, something maybe even shorter. If the Giants regress, uh, we don't know. Everyone keeps saying it, but they haven't yeah. done it as yet. And the Dodgers aren't, the, maybe one injury away. I don't know what the Trevor Bauer situation is. We don't need to go into it in depth. But if they lose Bauer, uh, then I just think all of a sudden that could, that could really tighten up. So uh, picking a dog, there's no point picking a, a crazy one for the sake of it. I just thought, at nine to two, uh, the Padres are still in that race, uh, and that's what I was looking for. I was looking for a team uh, that still had a live chance, and the Padres are very much alive in that. Uh, so that was my nine to two shot. Um, Moonaf, what dogs and where did you find them? Yeah, um, you know, I think this is a, in a long time where some of these divisions look like they're already locked up, right? I think the the team that we talked about a lot today, the Brewers, looks like they've wrapped up the NL Central. Um, the NL West is going to be a, a race that I think that comes down to the last week of the uh, regular season. But I think for a dog, um, I picked the Philadelphia Phillies to make the playoffs at close, like a shade under four to one. You can get it at plus 390 if you're able to shop around. Um, they're right there in that NL East division, uh, right, be- uh, yeah, right behind the, uh, the Mets. The Braves, like we just talked about, you know, without two key bats in the lineup, they've lost Acuna to the ACL injury and Azuna with his off-the-field issues. He's been out for a while. The Phillies have the easiest schedule remaining in the entire league. They've won three straight series prior to the break. Pitching is there, led by Zach Wheeler. We've talked about it a lot. Uh, Aaron Nola, Zach Eflin. So they have the pitchers there. The question is going to be, is the, can the offense be good enough to propel them to make a run in the division or a wild-card spot? I think it's going to be tough for them to get um, a wild card spot because we just talked about the NL West where it's going to be all three of those teams could possibly make the playoffs. So that's only going to leave maybe not even a playoff spot. But I think because they're such big dogs, this is the reason why they are close to four to one. 
Um, I think that's um, that that one of the teams in the NL NL West could be left behind if the Philadelphia uh, Phillies make a run. So if you're really feeling ballsy, if you think they're going to be able to catch the Mets, I, I saw a number at plus 800 for them. Um, but I, I think that the Phillies, they do, they, they're, they're in good form coming into this all-star break and they do have the pitching that like I said, the question is going to be, is going to be the offense. And uh, one more, um, it's not a huge dog. It's almost close to even money, but you can find him at um, plus plus odds out there is Fernando Tatis Jr. to win the MVP in the national league. Now with the uh, Acuna gone for the season, the only competition really is going to be Jacob DeGrom, who is pretty much a lock to win the Cy Young. Now, do we see the voters giving Jacob DeGrom the MVP and the Cy Young? I think the last time that happened was probably Clayton Kershaw. Um, so this may entice the voters to vote for a guy that's young. He's a superstar in the league already. One of the most exciting players to watch. Plus, if the Padres, like you just mentioned, Malcolm, if they're able to make a run in this division to uh, – catch the Giants or the Dodgers, how can you not vote for Fernando Tatis Jr.? Because at the end of the day, it's going to be hard to ignore Fernando Tatis Jr. if he ends up with 40-plus home runs and 100-plus RBIs. I believe he's already at 28 home runs, and I think he's above 60 RBIs. So just going off of your point that if they're able to catch one of these teams in the NL West, I think it's really going to be led by Fernando Tatis Jr. So I saw a plus 140 today. I put some money down on that. To, for him to win MVP, but I think maybe the next couple of weeks, if he really breaks out, um, that that number may be close to getting to where Jacob DeGrom is at a minus price or even at even money. Uh, Fernando Tatis rolled up to the uh, the home run derby last night in that pale pink suit, uh, <laughs> and it was one of the most beautiful things I've ever seen. Like, wow, <laughs> uh, absolutely outstanding. I was a big fan of that. Um, yeah, I think that with the Phillies... Uh, maybe if they can get to maybe five fifty, um, they're, they're currently bang on five hundred. But they've, I mean, they've, they've won uh, the seven and three of the last ten. If they can get to maybe about five fifty, uh, then they could be competitive. If one of those NL West teams uh, drops off just a little bit, San Diego yeah. currently five seventy. So, um, yeah, they could get competitive um, just by maybe getting eight or nine games over five hundred in that second half. I agree with you there. And Tatis just looks like an obvious pick. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes you don't have to go too far off script uh, to find yourself a, a plus odds winner, Moonaf. So I absolutely love that. Uh, okay, Nick, this is this is going to be special, I reckon. What have you got for us? I got something crazy for you. You guys want yes! crazy? Love Come crazy. On. <laughs> Can you talk me into a scenario where Boston has overachieved in the first half of the season? They regress where Tampa Bay has the issues with pitching and the sticky stuff and their pitching just falls off a cliff and the Yankees just never turn that corner and the Toronto Blue Jays win the AL East at plus 1,000 odds? Wow. Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Why not? It's possible, right? Because I just talked about how the Red Sox, I'm not completely sold on the pitching, right? And like you said, they can can regress back with the way that their batting has been going. And the pitching, I mean, can you really rely on it? I mean, with with your number one guy, Eduardo Rodriguez, who hasn't panned out. And with the Yankees, we're not going to put money on the damn Yankees. They're like the Cowboys to us for for the MLB. And uh, the Rays, yeah, I mean, I I think that I like the angle there, especially at 10 to 1 odds. Especially if they can make a move too. I have no idea if they're going to be in the market for a pitcher. Obviously, you know, what's lacking with Toronto is the lack of pitching. So if they can make a move, then, hey, it's worth, you know, a dart throw long shot. Sure. I don't think the pitching's that bad either, you know. I mentioned Robbie Ray at the top of the show, uh, Hingen Ryu. Stephen Matz is someone who I think's absolutely capable. Um, If he he settles down a bit, Alec Manoa, uh, we talked about him when he came up um, at the... Um, well, maybe seven or eight weeks ago now. Uh, he's made eight starts and he's going to be an absolute stud. Moon after you tend to back Ross Stripling a lot. Yeah. So you can go down there, um, you can go down there, the start and rotation and, and really not, no one turns you off. And, and the, the pen's okay. Don't mind Jordan Romano. Um, uh, even the, the, the longer reliever, uh, Joel Pyams, people like that. Um, got no problem with any of that. And say that George Springer has just come back, hasn't, quite heated up uh, he's still kind of flying under the radar uh, and they've got a lot of young guys like in um, that, that that's a great picnic uh, I love that um, anything else what you got that's it man just the one just the uh, one wait, you, you, give us it's a 10 to 1 winner what more hey, do you want yeah, yeah you sorry the heat on that one you can't hate him for that 
<laughs> yeah, that's it. Stay single and be selective. Uh, I absolutely love that. Um, and I think, gentlemen, we have covered a hell of a lot of ground, uh, but we've done it at rapid pace. And I think that's got us to the end of our podcast. Um, we, I think probably every team's got to mention there. There's some great picks, uh, some short prices and some wins and losses and uh, a lot of stuff to to uh, consume for the second half of the season. That's got me fired up, actually, for the second half. Um I'm looking forward to it now. Uh, Nick, um, where can we find you uh, on Twitter? And what's the other um, SGP stuff that, uh, that we need to look out for where you're yeah, concerned? So I'm dropping columns on college football win totals and some fantasy football columns. Look out for those. I do a Wednesday and Thursday college football experience and college basketball experience podcast. Twitter, NC underscore Nick. And yeah, man, check it all out. We've got a lot of great stuff coming. I mean, it's really a busy time of the year preparing for the fall and a lot going on. And uh, it's a great time to be alive. Yeah, it's not many Sundays now, I think. Is it maybe 16 Sundays or something like that uh, until the NFL's underway? So, uh, Moonaf, same question. What have you got for us? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter as always at SportsNerd824, recording a NBA gambling podcast tonight to cover the NBA Finals Game 4. We'll be pumping out more basketball content uh, as we get towards the end of the month. I know we have the NBA draft and Olympics basketball coming up, so we'll be covering all that good stuff. Um, Currently working on something for the NFL with my buddy Dan over at the NBA gambling podcast for the football season, but... Yeah, you can find me on the Slack channel. Find me on the website. Uh, if you're tired of listening to my voice, I'm sorry, but um, it, it's it like like Nick said, it's it's in uh it, it's the the summer months. It's the dog days of the summer, but we're all prepping. We're we're all getting ready for basketball season for college, college football, NFL. So, and we still have MLB getting off here at the weekend with our second half. So, man, it's uh it's on and popping right now. Yeah, we normally make our picks for the weekend, but with it being a Tuesday night, uh, the probable pitches uh, haven't quite been uh, announced yet or, or certainly finalised. So Munaf uh, and myself said we might do a little a little 20 minutes on Thursday uh, once we get the uh, the probable pitches for the weekend so we can put our locks and dogs out uh, for the weekend and try and get the second half uh, off to a bang. Um, uh, the SGP and app um subscribe download uh everywhere you get your get your podcast on the play store apple and spotify uh, it's absolutely brilliant uh nothing better than when i get one of those little push notifications that something's dropped uh, and i'm in the car and i immediately whack it on the bluetooth and get all my info like i said i need to get my um i need to get my nfl um season just up to speed a little bit i need to start going through the gears uh, on my fantasy football so i'm going to start doing that uh, as well as grinding out the uh the MLB picks. I went one-on-one on Saturday night with my horse racing picks, which was okay. You take one-on-one uh, on the GGs every time, but uh, there'll be more horses to come as well. Um, and I think that's it. Uh, cheers, gents. That was loads of fun. Yes, sir. All right, guys. Till next time. Absolutely. Uh, thank you for listening. Uh, as always, um, all the usual channels, get in the Slack channel, get in the DraftKings contests, um, go and see how Kramer's getting on. Um, I'll uh, get give you an update at four o'clock uh, tomorrow morning when I'm having my breakfast and I'll just see how much of his mind he's actually lost. Uh, and <laughs> me and Moonaf will make some picks on Thursday. So, uh, so thanks for listening and we'll see you down the road. Cheers.